What's up, Red Wave? Thank you for joining us today's podcast special episode with the one, the only, Jared Kotler of the Connecticut Scoreboard Podcast. He covers all things Connecticut sports. We had a good time talking UConn Husky football, and now we are ready for game day. Go dogs! Enjoy the podcast. All right, welcome to Buera Bulldogs podcast. We have a loaded podcast today, and by loaded, not with, I mean, yes, with content, but with just guys talking football. <laughs> we have Caleb Nail, Caleb Putz, Michael Bliss, and the one, the only, Jared Kotler, who is going to talk UConn football with us. Yes, yes. Thanks for having me on, guys. Excited. All right. Well, it's been a while since... Uh, Fresno State has had a football season. Not only Fresno State, but UConn football has played. Uh, I don't believe you guys had a season last yeah, year. Yeah, no, no, no season for us last year. So everyone's really excited about this season, even though the team hasn't had the best records the past few years. Everyone, there's some building momentum here this year. I know everyone's excited. Oh, good. Well, before we get into it, guys, go check out Jared's podcast. It's called the Connecticut Scoreboard Podcast. Did I get that right? You got it. You got it. All right. The Connecticut scoreboard podcast. Caleb, Michael, you guys want to start Jared off? You guys want to get to know some UConn football? Yeah, I don't know too much about UConn football. In fact, I don't know know much about it. So why don't you break down kind of what the environment is at UConn football when there's people in the stands, what you guys have been up to the past few years and what you're kind of looking forward to for this season. You said you're excited, but kind of maybe yeah. dig a deep, little deeper on that. Definitely. So UConn football has been an interesting story the past, you know, 10 years or so ago. I mean, you look 10 years ago and UConn was in the Fiesta Bowl playing Oklahoma back when there was the BCS out there and UConn was part of the Big East in terms of a football conference as well. But conference realignment really screwed over UConn. Uh, you, you took those regional schools that made up, you know, Northeast football where they really fit and they got put in the American and the American just wasn't a, a great fit for them. A lot of the other schools in the American are, are big time football schools. Whereas you had, you know, UConn, Syracuse, Pittsburgh, you know, just more Northeastern schools with, you know, kind of have similar ways of playing football, similar styles and just fit each other a little bit better. You know, UConn had no rivals going into the American, you know, everyone in the country knows about the one that uh, the former head coach, Bob Diaco tried to create with central Florida where we had the civil conflict going on. Um, <laughs> so, so we, we've had that. So there have definitely been some ups and downs over the past decade here. Uh, Randy Edsel, who was the coach back when UConn was in the Fiesta Bowl, came back. This will be year five for Randy. So he's really been working on building this program back up. And when you, when you talk to him, he, he's talked about how it's been a tougher rebuild this time compared to when he started when UConn moved up to the FBS level. So it kind of shows you how the program had kind of fallen the past several years since he left. And slowly but surely, it seems like they're getting back on track. Um, you know, the recruiting has started to pick up. Uh, and the big change, especially this year, is this is going to be their first year as an independent. So UConn decided to, to get out of the American. And it was a basketball-centric move to move back to the Big East, which has always been, you know, UConn's strength when it comes to athletics has been men's and women's basketball. 
So move into the Big East, you know, really help those teams out. And football kind of got left out in terms of not really having a home. So this independence came about, uh, and, and the fans are actually really excited about it. They've been able to put together some really cool schedules, um, looking out over the next few years, some fun matchups that they're going to have. I mean, if they're in the American, I'm not sure we're getting UConn Fresno State uh, this this year or next year. So Fans are just excited. It's kind of like breathing some new life into the program, you know, change things up a little bit, see where they can go. Players after the year off, you know, Randy Edsel is really excited about, you know, the progress his team was able to make in the off season uh, that lasted a full year. Of what yeah, that was a long able, off season. <laughs> yeah. And what they've been able to do in the weight room and kind of shifting the culture a bit at, at UConn. So I know fans are excited. Um, and to be honest, expectations are kind of just up in the air it's weird not having played last year so you you have nothing to compare it to you know you're trying to think back to two years ago and it's like well it's a everyone's grown it's a different team so I think there's just some cautious optimism here about where where they can go he's involved you know in in some ways with, with the athletic director Dave Benedict in deciding you know where they were going to play and I think there were some other you know options that had tried to been, you know, that were floated out there, whether UConn could have gone to the Mac or something like that for football and tried to find a more traditional conference. But I think at the end of the day, being able to go uh, and be an independent really benefited them just in terms of the schedule flexibility and about bringing teams that people care about back into the torrential field to see them play. Attendance had been an issue. And one of the things was, again, with being in the American and having no natural rivalries, people weren't thrilled to come out and see them play Tulsa or East Carolina. And, and no offense to either of those schools. It just didn't fit with, with UConn. And UConn's now able to bring back those schools that they played in the Big East days. They've got, you know, home and homes with Syracuse coming up. They've got Beastie on the schedule coming in next year in Boston College. So that's another one that fans are looking forward to. And also the, the program in the university is had some financial issues as well. So this move to independence has allowed them to play some more buy games and get some money out of it. So they've got a game at Clemson this year. They're making a little over a million bucks to play in. They've got a game at Michigan. They're getting paid for. They've got a game at Ohio state. They're getting paid for. And what, what kind of cracks me up is even central Florida is paying them to come there this year. So <laughs> former conference mate. Now we, you know, we get a chunk of their TV deal to come back and play them in Orlando now. So you know, <laughs> independence has given them a lot of flexibility. And I think everyone's really excited about, you know, the, the direction of it and what can happen with being an independent. I think that's kind of one of the exciting parts. Like you say, the independence, like BYU can play anybody any given week. Like they, Definitely. I when, when we were, when me and Caleb uh, nail were students, uh, we, we, we watched BYU play Fresno in November and that's a non-conference game. It was November 4th freezing. And usually that's a game we play against a non-conference team in September. So that flexibility is super, super cool. I think the only downfall with it is BYU and Notre Dame, two of the more prominent independent schools, right? They're huge. They're a huge fan base. So they had these TV deals with like NBC and stuff like that. So, so what is UConn's like in like TV deal, their media yeah. rights? So what does that look like for you, for fans who are trying to watch that? Yeah, they actually got a really good TV deal. I think fans were surprised. They thought initially that they were going to end up with SNY Sportsnet New York, who has done like basketball non-conference games. And like, they'll sometimes have, if like UConn's playing an FCS team that they would have gotten those games in the past, but UConn actually was able to sign on with CBS sports network. So CBS sports is doing all their home games. And I think they're getting paid like 
half a million bucks for it. So, you know, when, when you think about it for a team that's, you know, one, you could probably count on one hand, the amount of games they've won over the past couple of years to get a half million dollar TV deal from CBS sports is, is a pretty big, you know, pretty big feather in their cap for what they've been able to do and kind of justifying this move to independence. You know, I think that that was the big question and just, you know, how are people going to be able to watch their games? And I know, you know, what, that was one of the issues with the American that UConn had, especially from a basketball perspective, was that shifting environment where a lot of games are going to be moved to ESPN Plus. And, um, you know, especially for the basketball fan base, wasn't something they were as thrilled about. So, you know, getting that still, you know, cable TV deal and being able to be on CBS Sports is going to be big for them, especially with those home games and, and being able to, you know, play some play some good teams there, you know. And I, I one thing that, that's really surprised me is that was announced maybe like a month or so ago, UConn's actually getting Ole Miss to come play them uh, in Connecticut. And you, you never get SEC teams. We, we got Missouri uh, a couple big. of years ago, but you know, that, that was more of a one-off, but to get Ole Miss here. And, and I think the TV deal has to play a role there, knowing that you're going to come to East Hartford here and get your game on CBS sports at a minimum. Uh, so mm-hmm. definitely exciting with the TV deal there too. Oh, good for you guys. Yeah. yeah. And so look, looking at, you know, the UConn football schedule this year, I mean, it's, it's daunting. I mean, there's some, yeah. there's some names here. I mean, I saw a win total, you know, two and a half wins. I think I saw was yeah. you know, over under for, you know, the UConn Huskies. So what's, what's kind of the feeling around East Hartford about how the, how the team's going to fare this year? Yeah. Um, again, it, it's tough because no one really knows what to expect. You know, coach Edsel has been hyping up the guys and, how excited he's been about how they've become a more player driven program. So the players really taking responsibility here for the program, you know, putting in the work themselves and and being less having to be less coach driven. Um, You know, he's talked about the progress they've made in the weight room, but again, it's, it's going to be tough until we kind of see him on the field against you guys to, to know like what this team actually looks like. Like, I think the line for the game against Fresno state is, I think it's like 28 and it's like, and part of me is like, I'd like to think UConn could be more competitive than that. I do. I do. And I'm not sure if that's just me being a homer or me just being like, Hey, Vegas has no idea what to expect out of this team. So (laughs) throw them what they would have been two years ago. And that's what it is. So, you know, when you talk about like the two and a half wins there, they've got two games against FCS schools. So you hope they at least can win those (laughs) two um, to almost get there. And then, you know, they, they've got some winnable games. They've beaten army in the past, um, you know, they've got Middle Tennessee at home, which should be like a, a 50-50 type game. Wyoming comes in. Um, you never know what happens when you play Vanderbilt. So um, it, it's it's a really interesting schedule. You, you got to get your wins before November because November goes UCF, Clemson, Houston. So you're probably not, not winning those three. I think that's one thing like the fan base can agree on, that those are going to be tough games to, to go out and win on the road. Except Houston is at home. And the last time Houston was undefeated, getting ready to try to make a move. UConn upset them the last game of the year. So it's setting up that same way this year. So we'll see what happens, but it's definitely going to be, you know, an interesting year. And I think if we have this conversation, you know, at the end of September, you could at least have some, something to base things off of. As of now, it's really just taking some educated guesses and some having some cautious optimism around them. Is there anything you that you know that the team is, uh, 
that the team's going to be like, because we don't have any film on last year. Exactly. It was actually really funny. I, it, for one of my podcast episodes, I was talking with uh, UConn opens at home with Holy Cross. So I was talking with the Holy Cross coach and I asked him that question. I'm like, I'm just curious from a coach's perspective, you have no film on this team. Like, how do you prep for it? <laughs> and he's like, well, we'll look back on trends and see what they did, you know, in, in years past and see how we could kind of base things around that. But I think Randy Edsel has a, a, kind of distinct, especially on the offensive side, a, a style of play where, where they're going to be run heavy, uh, at least initially. And, and they've got two really good running backs and Kevin Mensa, who, who broke a bunch of school records the last year they played, um, who's a senior. And then they've got uh, Robert Burns is his name, who's a transfer from the University of Miami in Florida. So they, they've been hyping him up a lot as really a power running back. So you're going to see a lot of that on first down. Um, the quarterback competition is completely in the air and that was the thing these past couple years you know they haven't had the the wins but a lot of these young guys have gotten playing time so it's going to be interesting to see how you know they progress like they played guys a quarterback as as true freshmen and you know now that competition's heating up with a couple of them you got Steve Krajewski who's played in a couple games you've got Jack Sergiotis who played in a couple at quarterback you got a transfer in Michael Leone coming from NC State who's had some injury issues so he hasn't played in a few years but you know fans really are kind of in the dark and what that quarterback situation is going to look like which is you know, a big chunk of the team and what to expect out of them. You know, on the defense side, um, a couple of years ago, they were one of the worst, I think the worst defense in FBS. Like they set records for how, how bad that defense was um, in terms of yardage, giving up points, all that, all that fun stuff. But they're finally getting some more experience. While some of these guys still are younger, again, they threw out true freshmen into games last year or 2019, uh, 2018, younger guys were playing. So they got thrown into the fire. So those guys were getting beat because they were undersized, having some of those issues. And now that they've had a full year, really to study the defense, work in the weight room, um, and, and really work on those things and kind of get settled a bit. I'm expecting some more things out of them. You know, they've got some, they've got a pretty experienced D-line coming back. Uh, they've got, the secondary is going to be the one area that's going to be of interest again it's some younger guys out there it's the less experienced most uh least experienced group probably on, on the defensive side but they've got some good players you know they've got dj morgan who's a linebacker who transferred from notre dame who's pretty good they've got those pieces so it's going to be interesting to see what it actually looks like on the field but the pieces are there i think to at least get back to being competitive in a lot of these games because the past couple of years they've just kind of really haven't been able to compete in a lot of these games. They've just been outmatched in terms of size and experience. But I think now you can start to see that catching up and them being able to show what they could do. Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, that's kind of a, <laughs> we were there when, when DeRuder was finishing up and we were uncompetitive too. And you can bring in a new coach and you get a lot of these new guys. Um, so we feel it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, every go, every school goes through it. Um, so, so you hit on those quarterbacks. Who do you expect under center for UConn when they line up to play Fresno? And then, what type of play are you expecting from that quarterback? Are they a quarterback you're gonna we're gonna see draw back, or is it gonna be a quarterback we're gonna see run the option, or is this gonna be a quarterback that's just gonna turn the ball, turn around, and hand the ball off? <laughs> yeah, it's you'll you'll see a few different things, you know. Jack Zergiotis is a bit, he, he was an athletic quarterback. He'd be able to pick up and run, you know, when, when, when those opportunities were there, he finished off the year. Um, Steve Krajewski, I think is the guy that's kind of the, the front runner. I, if I had to take a guess, 
um, got hurt last year or back in 2019 and um, kind of ended his season there. But he's a guy that I, that I think you're going to look for. They've got a really experienced wide receiving core. So I think that's one strength this year that they haven't had in the past. Um, Cam Ross uh, was the leading receiver. He's back. Um, Matt Dayton's a good receiver. Jay Rose at tight end is a guy who I think might surprise people a little bit. He's a, a big tight end, but he, he's pretty athletic as well. So they've got that receiving core that I think can balance out that run game nicely. You know, you, if we're willing to bet, you're going to see them run on first down pretty much every time. That's um, <laughs> just how it's going to be. So I think the challenge for them in getting over that hump is going to be, if you know, say it's, you know, second and seven, you know, third and six, are you able to convert those, which they they've struggled to do in the past. So if you can get those conversions there, pick up some more first downs, move, move up the field a bit. I, I think, they'll have some success, but it's going to be interesting to see what this offense looks like. Again, it's kind of going blind uh, based on, you know, not having played last year. It's, it's a really weird season starting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I was looking at your roster, just kind of just glancing at it and it yeah. seemed overall you're, you guys are pretty young, a lot yeah. of freshmen, a lot of sophomores and redshirt sophomores. Is that, is it, do I have that right? Yeah. Yeah. It, it is a younger roster. And again, I think that was part of the culture building process that Randy Edsel's tried to build here. It, you know, his first go around, he was really known for getting those guys who were kind of diamonds in the rough, you know, kind of got overlooked by the power, you know, schools there. And maybe, maybe you got some in-state kids, you know, looking for those guys that might, might not be, you know, five stars, but you're, you know, a three-star recruit and, and recruiting had really been down before Randy got back here and it's starting to pick up again, class of 2022 is looking pretty good. But again, while these guys are younger, a lot of them have gotten a lot of game action where they might not have in the past. So I I think in terms of, you know, technical class, you know, they're, they're younger, but they're going to be more experienced players um, than, than what they would show on, on the roster there. Oh, we can relate. We love those, to zero, one, two, three star guys that uh, yeah. don't get rec- have that chip on their shoulder. Yeah. Yeah, yeah no, it, it's been something that, that Randy's always kind of prided himself on in bringing those guys and being able to develop, to, to develop them. And I think that's what you've seen over the past couple of years where you've seen some guys transfer out who probably just weren't a great fit with, with Randy and what he's been trying to do. Um, so you're seeing, you saw some of that churn at least initially, but you're starting to see it even out a bit. And again, that 2022 recruiting class, starting with that one that they've got coming in, it's really starting to, uh, to build. So it's exciting. Again, it's, uh, it's been a long haul, but I think fans are really excited for, for what the future might hold there. I, uh, so, okay. So say the rules flipped, right? We're headed to UConn and Fresno walks in, and we're a couple of fans, right? What yeah. would you expect us to experience on game day in UConn? Yeah. You know, Unfortunately, it hasn't been as strong as it's been in the past. <laughs> um, you know, if you look back during Randy Edsel's first stint, uh, RG3 came with Baylor to play at, at Rentschler Field, and he said it was one of the toughest places he ever played. So when, when they're good, and I think at this point, like, they win, like, three or four games. Like, the fan support's going to be there. Like, that's how bad it's been the past <laughs> couple years. So, like, just, like, show some signs of progress, and people are going to turn out, like – we don't have professional sports here in Connecticut outside of the WNBA team. So UConn athletics is really like the pig ticket item. And like back in the day, like they would, they would sell 30, 35,000 out of like the 40,000 seat stadium that we've got here. It's an off-campus stadium. So it's a little bit of an interesting vibe there. You know, like the students have to bus there to get there or drive on their own. 
Um, but it's in like an old, like airport, like old airport area that they have there at, at Rentschler Field. So it's wide open space. So it's fun for tailgating and all of that stuff. So it's a, it is a fun game day experience. Uh, I think it might've been like 2013 it was maybe, Michigan came here. So like they actually have the capacity to add more seats and like bring in temporary seats here. So I think they had like almost 50,000 for Michigan here. Nice. It was really fun. Like they had BYU a couple of years ago and that drew a big crowd. So when, when you get those, you know, bigger name schools now, even with struggling, you're, you're able to draw out a decent crowd. So yeah. it, it's getting there. And I'm hoping by the time Fresno State makes that return game out here, it'll, it'll definitely be a little bit more lively, <laughs> but it, it's exciting. I, I, I really do think it's working its way slowly, but surely back up that way. Cool. Well, good luck. Hopefully it gets there, you know, cause yeah. like hey. as, as someone who who's worked games and you're like sitting there and there's like a thousand people in the stands, it's like, super disheartening to like just look yeah, around and be they, like dude there's no here. yeah it was, it was there was i think it was maybe like two years ago there was like a tropical storm or something oh, that came through and they had to push the game against east carolina to a sunday so like throw in an nfl sunday here so like here because it's like you've got like pats jets giants some other random teams thrown in there but like it was just depressing being there on a, on a Sunday where there was like no one there against East Carolina. And I think that's where it's like, Hey, maybe this independence isn't such a bad uh, take there. <laughs> oh, shoot. So looking historically at the UConn program, I mean, who are some of the notable uh, uh, alumni from there? Like, you know, yeah. maybe NFL guys or, you know, anyone that kind of stands out. Yeah. They've actually had some, some decent success. Uh, you see him now all the time on ESPN, Dan Orlovsky, was the quarterback uh, back in the day. And he, he really helped raise that program to the next level. Uh, you had Donald Brown, who was pretty good with the Colts uh, uh, running back there. Um, I'm trying to think right now. Um, they've had some good players. Bleedy Gray Wilson's been in the league. Uh, Nick Williams was with the Falcons for a bit. So they've, they've had players that, that have gone to that next level. Dan Orlovsky is probably like the big name, I think, that, that everybody thinks of now when you think of UConn uh, in the NFL. The other one I saw was Randall Cobb. Was he, uh, was he a Husky? I don't – Wide receiver? Uh, that was just a quick Google search, so maybe Google has let me know. Yeah, I don't – no, I don't think so. Um, I, I wish. <laughs> <laughs> hey, guys, I'm Dude. sorry, but I got to actually hop off in like a minute or two. Is that okay? Yeah. Okay. Fine. Uh, I'll, I can start wrapping it up right now. Well, for uh, – UConn and Fresno State have never played each other, so this is the first time we're going to play. Uh, can we just get your your quick take since you got to go on what do you think the score is going to be, and and then your what you hmm. think the season is going to look like for UConn? Yeah, you know what, I, I'm going to I'm going to say they cover the 28. I, I like that. <laughs> I like I like that pick. Um, uh, I'm saying I'll say they lose by maybe in like the 10 to 14 range. I, I think, cause I think too, I think some of it's going to be catching Fresno state off guard a little bit in terms of like, not necessarily knowing what to expect out of UConn and, and maybe you could pull one over on them a little bit. Um, but it, from, from what I've read, it seems like your offense is going to be, uh, be fun this year. So it might, might be tough on our defense. So I'll say 10 to 14 and that's me being a, a bit of a homer and cautiously optimistic there. But in terms of the, the win total, I think like, I'd say like, four, maybe five, if we're talking like on the high end here. Um, 
again, it's still another step in this rebuilding process. And it'll be easier once we've like seen the team and been able to like actually give you some actual analysis of them and, and where they stand. But they've got those two FCS teams. They've played the service academies in the past. So they've got Army. So that's a game that I think could be winnable. Um, again, Middle Tennessee, Wyoming, Vanderbilt. So they've got some wins out there. Um, they play another uh, independent in uh, in UMass, who's a who's a regional Miniman. rival here. Um, so we uh, we the two of us have been like competing for the bottom the past few years. So um, college game day should probably head out there this October for that one. But you know th- there are winnable games out there. Um, you know even though it is a tough schedule. So throw me down for like four to five. And again, it's probably a little cautiously optimistic, but. I'm, I'm just excited about the direction that they're going in. So, and, and just after last year too, just playing games, I'm happy with that. So, yeah. right. Well, Jared, thank you so much. Remember, Absolutely. Thanks guys. Yeah. Your college, uh, excuse me, Connecticut scoreboard podcast. Yeah. Check us out on Twitter, CT scoreboard pod on, on Facebook, YouTube, all the, all Instagram, all the fun places. So cool. appreciate you guys having me on. Yeah. If you guys are looking for anything, uh, before this game, if you go to my feed, you'll see I've got uh, head coach Randy Edsel. He was on the podcast last week. Um, I'm doing a show in season this this year with DJ Morgan, who's the linebacker who transferred from Notre Dame. So we've got the first episode up with him if you're curious in a player's perspective as they start the season. So definitely got some more UConn content if you're looking for it before we play. Yeah, you're rolling. Cool. Good luck yeah, this rolling. season. Yeah, it's football time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank God. Yeah. <laughs> Well, thanks so much, guys. I appreciate it, and good luck. All right. Thanks, Jared. Thank you. you. See you. Thanks. We'll see you. Yep.